Hi there, travelers. I'm Riley. I'm Angelica. I'm Isabella. And this is True Crime International. to pilot Riley. <laughs> pilot, pilot Riley. Today we're going to Eastern Europe approximately because like the asshole who we're talking about didn't just kill in one country. He killed in, in three. Lucky us. Not really, but you know. Um, his name is Andre Rigo, born in 1955, and he is Roma, but I actually believe he spent most of his life in Slovakia. Um in the city of Bratislava, to be exact. So that explains the country title, if you're listening. (laughs) And it says Slovakia. I had to pick one. So that's what we picked. (laughs) Also, happy 2021, everybody. Yeah, happy 2021. This is... uh... This is the first episode we're recording in 2021. Yeah, we're recording in 2021. You'll have three episodes up (laughs) before this. But that's all right. We had a mad dash at the end of 2020 to get as much recorded as we could so we could take some time off. Yep. And if we said happy 2021 in the Madeline McCann episode, disregard it. (laughs) Disregard this. (laughs) Angel, are you going to say something? Uh, I said it, but I don't know if anyone heard me. I I was going to say that I think it's too soon to say happy. Uh, Yes. Here is 21. Here is 2021. It is 2021. It is 2021, period. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anyway, I couldn't find a ton of information on Andre's childhood and like early life, but I did find out that he committed a lot of crimes from an early age. He is a uh, serial criminal and they were like a lot of burglaries. And I also found that when he was 14, he and his siblings were put into a corrective institution and then into an, an orphanage where they stayed for about a year. And I believe that this happened because their dad was arrested but it's a little bit fuzzy so I don't want to definitively say that but later in his life Andre's mother died in the year 2000 after being hit by a car and he claims that when he learned of his mother's death that is the only time in his life that he has ever cried that reminds me of Ron Swanson do you have you guys have seen Parks and Rec right Yes. He's like, I've cried exactly two times in my life. Once when I was seven and I got hit by a bus. And the other is when I learned that little Sebastian died. (laughs) Something tells me this is a more severe case than Ron Swanson. Yes, it is. (laughs) We can admire Ron Swanson. We don't know exactly what this man did yet, but I don't think we can admire him. No, you do not want to admire him. But also that that crying thing is weird because I'll I'll come back to this later. But um, his father also later died from a burglary. Wait, I have a question. Is, yes. Did he die committing a burglary or being Unclear. burgled? Unclear. Being um, burgled? My, <laughs> burgled. <laughs> my guess would be that he died committing burglary because he had been like arrested before. I'm guessing yeah. this is where Andre like learned his trade, whatever. But unclear. 
Maybe he got caught and, you know, self-defense. Yeah, sort of that's, situation. What I, that's what I'm guessing. Actually, do you know what I learned recently that really doesn't sit well with me? So in the US, we have laws for if someone breaks into your house and you fight back and you accidentally kill the person that broke into your house, you are not charged with anything for it. Like it was self-defense. You're good. But here in Spain, that is not the case. If someone breaks into your house to kill you and you kill them in self-defense, you still get charged. If not murder, then manslaughter. Yeah, that's stupid. I do not like this. But anyways, Andre was also married twice. Um, and it's not not a lot's known about his marriages, of course, because not a lot's known about his life at all. But um, the only thing that we do know is that he had a daughter. Don't know her age at this time. Don't know her name. But he had a daughter. I'm honestly surprised Yeah, that he was married twice. That's me just... too. Very much me too. But you have to remember that this was... Slovakia in like the 1980s there's a lot going and 70s on. and there's a lot going on there was probably a lot of pressure for men and women and I can't imagine that they were healthy marriages but I considering that he was a killer I'm gonna go with unhealthy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm not gonna go back um a little bit to 1989 when he was released from police custody after leaving the Republic without authorization, which seems weird now, but back then you had to have permission to go places. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was pre European union and also Eastern mm -hmm. Europe, like the Slavic nations especially had a lot going on in the late eighties, early nineties. There was a really big war. I don't know if Slovakia was part of it, but in that part of Europe, especially there was a shit ton going on. So it, it, it really doesn't surprise me that they couldn't freely move from place to place like they can now. Well, Slovakia was part of it um, only because they were Czechoslovakia. Uh, okay. But that, that's not that important here. This was the, his release was, um, about three months before the Iron Curn Curtain fell in the East. And so that, that meant that communism was coming to an end and people were able to travel freely again. And of course, Andre took advantage of this opportunity because he's Andre. <laughs> and he went to Vienna without a valid passport. In Vienna, he somehow got a fake Yugoslavian passport in the name of Nido Ikik and was able to travel to West Germany to see his brother. That's nice. He'd love some bro time. It, it would be nice if he didn't commit crimes in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so while in Germany, he asked for asylum with his fake passport, like asylum in Germany, but then got sentenced to two months in German prison for forging documents. So that didn't go as planned for him. And after he was re released from the two months in prison, he escaped from a refugee camp that he was staying at, and he went to Mu Munich, which is in, like, southeast Germany. If you're not familiar with Germany, West Germany is, like, the Cologne area, and then Munich is southeast Germany. So he had to, he had to travel quite a bit of distance to get to Munich, and I don't know how he did it. Yeah, So undercover like that. By European standards, Germany's a really large country. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I wonder... Compared to, like, a U.S. state, how big is it is? Maybe, like, a little bit smaller than Texas. I don't know if it would be quite, I don't know if it would be quite Texas-sized. I'm curious. Well, well yeah, smaller. Um, but this is in Munich, is where he continued with his burglary thing, but then also where he started killing. 
So <sighs> that's a good time. For a time over. <laughs> now, Andre had an extremely consistent modus operandi, which is like what he does. Like, habits. how do you describe it? Yeah, habits in his killing. Like, he does them all the exact same way, leaves the same things there, stuff like that. And part of it makes me chuckle a little bit. <laughs> Angel's giggling because I told her about this yesterday. But um, I'm just going to list them because um, there's like seven or eight. So I'm going to list them. So first, he only attacked at night or in the early morning when it was dark out. Second, he wore socks on his hands during the murders so that he wouldn't leave fingerprints on the bodies or anywhere in the house. He couldn't get gloves <laughs> in all of his burglaries. They had gloves in the 1980s and 90s. Like, come on. He just wore his own socks on his hands. And then I think he disposed of them. I guess it would be like socks are probably like less expensive. And but like <laughs> then they're like mittens. Like you don't have. Yeah. Like you don't. You have, don't have you full range. things properly. I don't get it. I don't know. It's so funny, though. You don't even have full use of your thumbs. Also, Mittens would still be better. It just, yeah. like, m makes me think, like, did he bring extra socks with him? Or did he take off his socks and put them on? I don't he know. Just... <laughs> he did not bring extra socks with him. I know this. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, I think he just, because a lot of them were, like, spur of the moment almost. But anyway, he's like, <laughs> okay, okay. There's, there's my victim. Time to take off my socks. Yeah fucked up third he either entered into the women's apartment through the basements that were on the ground floor like if you listen to our france episode the basement is like the first level essentially and then it goes one two three after that um so he entered through there or he would go through a balcony that had like easy access like that he could get onto easily and he would typically climb through a window of some sort Fourth, he always picked women who were sleeping alone, except in one case um, when a woman's son was sleeping with her. A woman's son? Yeah, a woman's son. A woman's son. A woman's son. There you go. <clears throat> My mouth just did something weird there. A woman's son um, was sleeping with her, and he would beat them to death in the head with a metal rod, rock, or wooden stick, and then he always left the murder weapon at the scene somewhere. So, like below the window that he climbed through or in the apartment, something like that, which is stupid. He's obviously did, not very intelligent. Did <laughs> no. he um, kill the son? Or are you going to talk about that? Yeah, I'll talk about it. But yeah, he did okay. end up killing the son. <laughs> um, fifth, once his victim was dead, he would cover the top half of their body with a blanket or sheet and then have sexual intercourse with the body, making him a necrophiliac. Ed Kemper? Yeah. Ed Kemper is even worse. Ed Kemper was yeah. fucking horrible. Yeah. But yeah. this guy had like what you would describe as typical sexual intercourse if it was consensual and if the person was not dead. Yeah. And in, in some cases, he mutilated the body even more during intercourse. Well, you know, I have nothing to say after that. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, got nothing. Sixth, he smoked at all of the crime scenes and threw the cigarette butts on the floor, which would be really great if they had DNA testing back then, but yeah. they didn't. So, I mean, it's I mean, not they, like they, they needed did, it. They did, but it was, still, it was still new. Very new. And it's not like they needed it. They didn't have 
they didn't have the hardest time catching it, but we'll get catching him, but we'll get back to that. And then seventh, he would then rob the victim of some like valuables that he could easily carry. And that's, that's like his, those were his things. Like they jewelry knew it was and the stuff? same guy. Yeah. Like jewelry and watches and stuff like that. They knew it was the same guy because all that was at everything. Yeah. Not gloves. No. God forbid he should wear gloves. Know, socks right? only. <laughs> Did he leave the socks at the crime scenes? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. So they so the the authorities knew that like the socks Oh, they knew were that he was wearing socks. That on his hands, yeah. Yep. So Andre murdered twice in the first 3 months of being in Munich in Germany. It started on June 8th, 1990, and what police think happened is that his first victim, Helena S., which was a 40-year-old woman, probably kind of surprised Andre while he was burglarizing her apartment. And so then he most likely killed her and then got sexually aroused, and then that's why he continued killing. Absolutely not. Gross. Yeah. Can't relate. Andre killed one more woman in Germany, 28-year-old Ilke Z., on August 1st, 1990. So these were like two months apart. I believe in Germany. Sorry. Go ahead. I believe in Germany, they're really strict about protecting the identities of not only victims, but criminals as well. Mm -hmm. That's why we only get the the last initial. Like they, they don't want those names out there. And like for the, for the criminals, they don't necessarily want to give them the notoriety. And then for the victims, they want to protect their privacy and what happened to them, which I think is really nice. I think the U.S. could learn something from that, honestly. Yeah, some of them have last names. You yeah, know. So, like some of them do. It's not everybody, but they definitely have laws in place where they protect uh, identities, mm-hmm. which I think is really, really nice. Yeah, me too. Um, and what I was going to say is that he has a pretty, he has pretty large cooling off periods. Like he doesn't kill like every week. Sometimes there's like a month in between each of his killings. Yeah. So which- in act... Go ahead. That can, like, either be, like, I mean, it's good that he doesn't kill as many people, but, like, with those killers, and especially because he's moving around, it's so terrifying to me because you get, like, no idea. You have no idea how to be safe. And it makes them harder to catch, too. Yeah. It's not like they're committing so many crimes that you get so many things from. Yeah. You know, they kill once and then they don't kill again for three months. Yeah. So, in October, Andre left Germany and he went to Amsterdam to visit his sister. I, I guess he's just he's just on a on a tour to visit his family for some reason. Amsterdam. And how he? What you wrote Amsterdam? Yeah, but it's Amsterdam. I know that in my brain. <laughs> um, and how he like went from country to country with no passport. I don't know if he got his Yugoslavian documents back. I would assume not. But whatever, he got there. That's all that matters. In Amsterdam, while visiting his sister, surprise, surprise, he continued killing. His first victim, or well, his only victim in Amsterdam, he only had one, was 58-year-old Maria van der W. W is the last name, van der is like the middle, it's common in the Netherlands. And that was on September 27th, 1990. So that was almost two months after the previous victim. After visiting his sister and committing murder, he left to go back to Bratislava, where again, he continued with the killings. And I'm going to list his victims and the days that the crimes happened now just so that I make sure I recognize all of them and so that we know all of them. 
So first was 88-year-old Teresa Revesova on October 6, 1990. Next was 40-year-old Anna Palanikova on January 3rd, 1991. Third was Ui Nitriansky, who was between the ages of 14 and 16 on January 3rd, 1990, and he was the son of Anna that I mentioned. Wait. What? 1991. On January 9th, 1991, and became his only victim to survive because she's like a badass and she knew karate. Like, she was like, I don't know the levels of karate, but she was really good at karate. <laughs> like a black belt, that's the highest level. Yeah, but I don't know exactly what level she was. Oh, okay. But I knew that she practiced it regularly um, and she also helped to identify him later on. So she. That's incredible. We love her. We love all of them, but she is incredible. Exactly. Yes. Fifth, he waited over four months to kill again. So between Anna and Yana, sorry, those sound very, very similar, but Yana and Anna was like six days between those two. And I think after Yana, he was like, okay, shit. And so he waited four months to kill again. And his next victim was 79-year-old Helena Novakova on April 25th, 1991. Wow, like age really does not matter to this man yeah. whatsoever. No, no. He's it's just any place. woman sleeping by herself in her apartment. Yeah, he's like an opportunity killer. Like he does not, he has an MO for like the style in which he kills, but his victims, as long as they have a vagina, it seems they're fair game. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. So his sixth victim was 22-year-old Henrietta Odlerova, and she was killed on July 14th, 1991. His very last victim was 67-year-old Matilda Urbanova on March 4th, 1992. Whole fucking and year later. Like... I know, I know. It's very weird. Like I said, the cooling off period is very long. Yeah. And Isabella is going to talk about when he was arrested and his trial and everything in just a second. But I, I quickly want to mention that Andre gave some of the stuff that he stole from his victims to his daughter as gifts, which is so disgusting. Disgusting. That's so fucked up. That is have so you guys ever seen? Him. Have you guys ever seen the series The Fall? No. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Rice, since you don't know it, it's a it's a it's a show about a murderer in Belfast, and the show follows the murderer and also the police woman trying to catch him and it's Jamie Dornan as the murderer and Gillian Anderson who I have a massive crush on uh, as the police officer and in the show Jamie Dornan goes and goes around and kills women and like takes their jewelry and then gives it to his daughters and it's so sick to watch it no no I absolutely not. I hate that is that show's fucked up as fuck um but if you hate on Jamie Dornan because of the fact that he was in 50 shades watch that show because he's such a talented fucking actor. He is like, very talented. So good. Yeah. It's unnerving. He is unnerving. <laughs> the show, but. the first two seasons were really, really good. But the third one, uh, 
it, 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 it slipped for me. But the first two are really good. I would still recommend watching it. So anyway, back to Andre. Mere hours after his last kill, just hours, Andre was arrested by the criminal police at the Carlton Hotel in Bratislava. And actually, when he was arrested, he wasn't wearing socks because he had used them in the last murder. Like hours before and then just went to work. Yeah. Just went to work. Like no big deal. And he's like, I don't need socks. Who needs socks? And also that's just gross because I imagine that he's probably wearing either like tennis shoes or loafers, like closed-toed shoes. And that's nasty. Yeah. God, I hate when people don't wear gross. socks. No. Wear socks. Please. Not with sandals. And not on your hands. No. wear socks. Unless well, you're actually, making... I have to say, I hate feet, so wear socks with sandals. I don't want to <laughs> see your toes. <laughs> and I, I can imagine you getting with someone that has a foot fetish. We can cut this out, but I, I could see that for you. <laughs> no. Because but like, it won't but, happen. But like, I hate it, you, feet. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know about it until it's too late sort of thing. I mm -hmm. literally, like, <laughs> the second... That person tells me I'm out because I literally, like, if I see someone in my house not wearing socks, I literally will be like, please go put some socks on. It works <laughs> out because I'm, like, a very self-conscious foot person. Like, I don't want people looking at my feet. So when I'm, whenever I'm in someone's house, even if it's, like, summertime, I'll bring a pair of socks to put on it's if funny I'm inside. Because Riley's feet are, like... A couple, there's like very few feet I can tolerate, and Riley's feet are one of them. <laughs> I couldn't tell you why, but like <laughs> across the board, though, there's like probably only five pairs of feet in this world, and most of them belong to famous people, including Jamie Dornan. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like my feet are like very average looking like normal <laughs> average which is why you can probably tolerate them but yeah. i still feel weird about them so mm -hmm. i will still wear socks can you tolerate my feet Pro no okay <laughs> so back to andre again he tried to explain away all of the evidence that the authorities had against him first of all he had just committed a murder there was blood on him and do you know what he said it was syrup no Good old syrup. Just syrup. He's like, oh, I had some strawberry pancakes. <laughs> this is the strawberry syrup. <laughs> Not that they eat those in, in Slovakia, but he was like, yeah, this is actually syrup. Who would, no one would believe that, dude. Come on. Yeah. Why didn't you even try? Yeah. And then, so his sperm was found on a victim. I don't know which one. I assume the, I, I assume the most recent one, but he said that. I mean, that, it's not like he was careful. No. Like, I'm I, sure it was at quite a few. Yeah. Uh, but he said that the sperm that was found at one or more crime scenes, I'm not sure, was planted there by a prostitute from a local club. All right, dude, again. No. <laughs> Footprints beneath the victim's balconies. It was just a coincidence. He just, he just stopped there to like have a pee or look through the window because it's totally normal to just look through random people's windows, dude. Not and normal. If you're listening, not normal. <laughs> and this one is my favorite or least favorite. I can't tell. All that jewelry he had, which he stole from his victims, he said it was because women gave him gifts all the time. No. Because he's just so fucking handsome and wonderful that women are just like, oh, have my jewelry. What's this man look like? Not handsome enough to just be given jewelry. 
Yeah, yeah I don't no. think, honestly, wait, <laughs> I don't, very few. I, I can't imagine myself just giving anyone jewelry like that casually. I mean, for, uh, no, even then, no. The only no. person I'd give jewelry to is like some e-boy I found on TikTok that had a P.O. box. <laughs> <laughs> That's very on brand for you. Yeah. <laughs> would it be, would it be an earring or a nose ring? Ring. Just ring. Oh, just a ring? Yeah. To be honest, I would, I, this is, this is wrong. <laughs> because I would give money, or not money, give jewelry to any boy to make them feel beautiful, to be honest. Because that's me. So even though they had all of this evidence, there was still Yana B, who, as we said, was the only survivor of Andre. And she actually got a clear look of his face in her apartment uh, when she was fighting him because of the street lamps outside. Because, I mean, since this is all ground level apartments, the streets are going to be lit, which means even if it's dark in the apartment, you're still going to have some light. And she actually got a clear look of his, of his face and was able to help identify him and even went to his trial, but she wore a wig so that way she wouldn't be recognized. And that's really strong. Yeah. yeah. That's really brave of her. I don't think I could do that. Yeah, I can't and imagine. And she, um, I believe she also, like, gave police a description of a patch that was on, like, this light blue pair of pants that Andre had and it was like it was like the pants had been mended near the crotch area and she had told the police after her attack that like he was wearing pants that looked like this and then they found those pants in his closet so she like she like double whammied it yeah that's incredible she's like this is the guy 100% lock his ass up she is the bird and him and the pants are the two stones <laughs> yeah no, she's the stone. Wait, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> and even though the authorities in Germany, Czechoslovakia, and the Netherlands were all looking into Andre's murders separately, they didn't actually start cooperating together until he was arrested. Which, I'm not entirely sure why. Well, it was like, it was like just after the fall of communism. Yeah. And so I can't imagine that the countries were, like, all buddy-buddy yet. <laughs> also, I can't imagine, they like, really... It was probably hard to link them. And, and like, exactly. And most of, most of his kills were in Slovakia. He had three... Two that were in Germany and one that was in Amsterdam. So three mm -hmm. in other countries. And, like, the communication between the countries probably wasn't great... True. I'm not even sure how much information they had on serial killers. I mean, there's probably a lot of factors that went into it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just not sure. My question, I guess, is did he tell them all the countries where he was committing the murders? Because if they weren't working together, how come just because he was arrested, they all found out and started working together then? That's what I'm not clear on. I would say that... Because he if he didn't tell them, arrested. well, he was probably arrested and obviously in, in Slovakia, Bratislava, they knew that they were looking for one guy. Yeah. I mean, and all the countries was did. arrested. When he was arrested, they may have found out that he had been in Germany and been in Amsterdam. And then they may have called up those authorities and been like, do you have any murder, unsolved murders with these, these, this modus operandi? And, this and MO, they yeah. could have said, yeah. That's true. That's true. Okay. But obviously, the court didn't buy all of the bullshit that Andre was saying about the syrup and the, you know, 
it was a coincidence his uh, footprints were there. No, you're just an idiot. No, he's just a fucking moron. Uh, they didn't buy any of it. And so his trial only lasted 10 days before he was sentenced to life in a maximum security prison. Good rot. Yeah. Uh, during the trial, the prosecution read out his crimes and Andre just sat there like a piece of wood. He was just like not moving, no emotion. Just no remorse. None whatsoever. Yep. None whatsoever. And his sentence was given based on not only the the nine murders and how brutal they were but also based on the fact uh that re-socialization and rehabilitation just aren't in the books for him he never pleaded no. guilty and he doesn't feel guilty he's just like it is what it is <laughs> he did try to appeal his sentence though and claimed he was innocent but offered zero evidence in support of his claim he's just like <sighs> i'm innocent guys you just gotta believe me no <laughs> It doesn't work like that. Sorry. <laughs> no. And so obviously he didn't win that appeal. So he was like, screw you. I, he, really, he really did. He really did what Donald Trump tried to do and took it to the Supreme Court, <laughs> but offered no evidence. No. And the Supreme Court was like, no, man, you no. got to stay there. You are a murderer. We have all this proof. You have no evidence to support your claim. And that's it. And I mean, he can't appeal anywhere else. That is literally the highest court in the country. So that's it. There's been no appeals made since. That happened in 1996. No other appeals have been made since. And to this day, he's in prison. He's still alive. Good. He can, he can die there. Yeah. Truly. But naturally, he may not take his own life. No. Not allowed. Right to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love him. <laughs> jail. Right to jail. <laughs> um, the case technically ends there. I mean, like she said, he's in prison but i also just want to touch on one last topic which is andre's psychological profile so antron antron fucking megatron anton <laughs> heretic which is the doctor who constructed andre's psychological profile during the trial said that andre is most definitely a psychopath and circling back to what Isabella said, psychopaths feel no remorse. They don't feel guilty for what they do. And so it makes it easy for them to do things like this. And makes it, uh, explains why he only cried once in his life. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And it's strange that he did cry. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if I believe him or if he was just trying to get sympathy. Yeah, I don't know either. But or anyways. at that time when his mom died, he was probably just trying to fit in. Yeah, he could have been. That's a common response to your well, mom wait, dying. Wait, didn't so. she die in 2000? His, she his in mom died in 2000, so he oh. was in prison He was already in prison, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know what he was doing then. Yeah, so I <laughs> don't know. Trying to get out again? On the but this is, I want to share... <laughs> <laughs> I want to share a quote from this guy, the doctor. He says, quote, he does not accept any social norms. He is lacking empathy and behaves very impulsively. At the same time, he is a schizoid personality, unable to create relationships with others. He has strange thoughts and hobbies, and he is a loner. He is a combination of schizoid and antisocial psychopath, creating a very dangerous type of criminal. End quote. And after I read this quote, it brought me back to how he was married twice. And I'm like... How? How was he? I mean, obviously, mental 
disabilities and disorders can progress over the years and it could have gotten worse as he got older and as he continued to commit the crimes and it's not an excuse at all for his crimes whatsoever having a personality disorder lots of people have them and lots of people don't fucking kill other people yeah but it gives us like a little bit of insight as to how he acted as a person and what his thought process was and may have been during the time that he was killing And so it's just an interesting fact to know. And something else that I read was that in prison, like when they question him and like even now, the guards and the doctors say that it's so hard to even get anything out of him because he barely speaks in coherent sentences. And I don't know if that's a testament to his condition or if he's not receiving any treatment for his condition, which... I That's guess is a whole I guess is a whole nother debate on if prisoners should receive treatment, but I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if circling back to what you said about him being married, I'm not I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know for sure. But if he has a schizoid personality, I know that's not the same as schizophrenia, but I do know that schizophrenia generally starts like people start showing symptoms of it in their twenties. So I wonder if maybe that's how he was able to be married, especially the first time. Cause like once he's done it once, I feel like he, he, he feels equipped to do it again, you know? So I wonder if, yeah. may wonder if maybe that's what it is. That's just a theory. I feel like it's like what Riley had originally said about how, you know, during the time that that makes sense that he would get married. It's like more expected. But, yeah, yeah, it was definitely more expected of them. Also, I just this just popped up in my head, but I'm wondering if not only he was a psychopath, but he also could have been or could have had sociopathic tendencies. And sociopaths tend to mirror other people's emotions and other pe- and the way that other people act. And so if he was able to do that, then then I can see how he could get married and and mirror those emotions but it only lasts for so long which is why i think he was married twice and yeah because sociopaths only do it as long as it benefits them yep so if he if he no longer if if he were to have did he say did he say that it was he had antisocial yes that that is part of uh what's it called oh my god schizophrenia sociopath yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) So antisocial personality disorder, isn't that, I don't know if that's the same as uh, being a sociopath. I don't think it is. But I mean, either way, I'm just, we're just inferring nothing in his profile said that he was a sociopath, but he could have been mirroring. I don't know. I don't know. He could have been. I mean, you don't have to be a sociopath in order to mirror. No. And I, I would assume that some psychopaths probably do, which could also explain why he was crying after his mom died, because that's what he probably thought he was supposed to do. But yeah, exactly. Who knows? Anyways, if you want to see pictures of this stupid man or pictures from the case, you can follow us on Instagram at TrueCrimeINTL. You can also join our Facebook group where we post pictures and other fun stuff by just searching True Crime International in your little Facebook search bar. If you have an extra $5 to spend every month and you want more True Crime International content, we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to. 
And lastly, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you are enjoying us, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star review and even leave us a little note because we want to hear from you and we want to know what you like, what you don't like, what cases you like, what cases you don't like, anything. We just, we just want to hear from you. And yeah. we want to smile. <laughs> Good review, we will smile. You can also come over to the Facebook group to talk to us about stuff. Just talk to us, guys. We just... We just want like to. We just want to make. We like to chat. We like to learn about other places and cultures and stuff. So just come talk yep. to us. We're pretty chill. I'd say so. But other than that, we hope you learned something new, and we hope you enjoyed your stay here at True Crime International. Bye. 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 Bye.